You're listening to the Whole Vineyard Podcast. To find out more about the Whole Vineyard Church, go to wholevineyard.co.uk. Thank you for joining me today. My name is John Clark, and together with my wife, Journey, we have the amazing privilege of leading the Whole Vineyard Church. We're in a series looking at the book of Jonah, and I've entitled today's talk, God of the City. My prayer, my hope is that today we'll be inspired once again for a passion for the city of Hull and beyond and mission. And in, in Jonah chapter four, we're in the final chapter of Jonah, um, there is this revelation for Jonah. There's this mic drop moment where he says in verse two, I knew that you are a gracious and compassionate God, slow to anger and abounding in love, a God who relents from sending calamity. This is part of the reason why Jonah has been running in resistance because he believed that Nineveh did not deserve God's compassion and mercy, but just deserved judgment. And yet he has this moment where he says, I knew, I knew God that you were gracious and that you were compassionate and that you were slow to anger and you're bounding in love. I knew you would relent. I knew you'd do this. And um, the city of Nineveh, as we've said, is a city that is so far away from God on every single level. And through God's sovereignty, through his providence, through the prophet, through his word, through his work, um, he is determined, God is determined to show Nineveh great compassion. And uh, a bit later on in chapter 4, verse 11, it says this, And should I not have concern for the great city of Nineveh? God speaking, should I not have concern for the great city of Nineveh? And this begs the question to us as a church community, do we have concern for the great city of Hull? Now, I've seen this last year, the extraordinary things that we as a church have done in terms of getting a bowl of water, wrapping a towel around our waist and washing the feet of our city, just serving and um, it's been absolutely beautiful. And God sees every, every act, it's, it's particularly those acts that have been hidden, uh, those acts of service. As we do those things, we, they're actually as unto the Lord. It's worship as unto the Lord. And um, God has called us as a church to the great city of Hull and beyond. Now, personally, God called me back here in 2003. I'd, I'd studied for three years law at the university and through a real sense in my heart and through a, a number of prophetic words, I felt called uh, back to the city of Hull. And they're originally from a small town called Pontefract near Leeds, small town of about 30,000 people. I was sent back like a boomerang uh, back to Hull and I've been here ever since. And I love the city of of Hull and the surrounding areas. Absolutely love this place. This is my home. And I, I, I love to call um, people back home to uh, God and to the church. And uh, my wife, Joni, is originally from the home of FedEx, uh, state of Arkansas in the States, from a small town called Harrison, a population of about 13,000 people. And she has made her way from all the way over there, about 4,000 miles away, and uh, together with our uh, three children, providentially, uh, we've made our home here in Hull. 
and are here to welcome and invite three, 300,000 plus people in Hull and the surrounding areas back home to God and to his family, to the church. Uh, and, and people say to me frequently, John, how big's the church? And um, in my mind, I love the words of John Wesley, uh, the founder of the Methodist uh, movement, where he said, I, I look upon all the world, I look upon all the world as my parish. And so anyone I meet in our community, I always think, do you know what? You're like, you don't know it yet, but you're actually in my small group. You're actually in the church. You're the future church. And an opportunity to share and to witness to them the love of God. And um, that's why we don't have a bubble mentality when it comes to us as a church community. That is why we've made every decision we've filtered in this pandemic through the eyes of those who don't know Christ. It's about leaving the 99 for the sake of the one. Um, it's about focusing on those who are lost, who have nothing, who are on the margins of society, those who don't know Jesus. And we've seen some amazing things in this past year. Amazing things. Every day I hear of incredible stories. And, and in March next month is our vision month. And we're going to be sharing exciting things for the future this year and also reviewing this last year and some of the amazing things that God has done among us. And uh, we've also seen many, many people from this great city of Hull, come on this journey of faith with us as a church community. And I love meeting uh, this, this last week um, a lady who is from Hull, who's a social worker, uh, who has reconnected with God uh, and our church during this pandemic and um, is helping so many people who are struggling. Just like God is on this person just to, to help those struggling families and she talked to us about one family that we're really struggling. This is the kind of stuff we get to see day in, day out of what God is doing. Of uh, a family who's really struggling, dire need. So we were able to help them out with various things practically, with food, stuff for the kids, and then help to uh, put some money towards some of their bills. And um, as we focus on leaving the 99 for the one, which is God's heart, it has a multiplying effect. It's like dominoes. You know, as we just focus on reaching one person at a time in our city, is it, it begins to have a multiplying effect where things spread like, like a wildfire. And we're seeing so many people who are hearing about the good news of the gospel, who are hearing about Jesus and hearing about the reputation of the church in a good way the local church, which I really believe is the hope for the world. And uh, if, if anything, you know, the I've always been passionate about the local church, but in 2021, it's, if there was a year for anything, it's the year of the local church. For us just to kind of uh, be the church, to be salt and light, to, to bless people, to, to wash the feet of the city, to reach people with the gospel one person at a time, to break down the barriers, to, to partner with other local churches to reach as many people as possible. Now we read in Jonah 3, uh, the, we read this last week, that the great city of Nineveh was huge in size. It was about 60 miles in uh, circumference and would take three days to get around. Just think about that, three days to get around. But the window of repentance that was set for whether God would relent or not in terms of judgment 
was 40 days. It's only a short amount of time, 40 days, just over a month. And Jonah was in this foreign land uh, preaching a message of repentance to a city that was so far gone, so far away from God. And it communicated to me once again that this season we're in only goes to emphasize the importance of the gospel and mission and loving the city back to life because our time is short. Time is short. There's a window of repentance of 40 days. It took three days to go through the city. There's only a small amount of time. There's a brevity to life and a fragility of life that people are encountering, experiencing right now. And I've really felt that recently, just in the last uh, couple of weeks. Uh, One day I'm doing a funeral. The next day I'm praying for someone who's only been given months to live. And when you know that your time is short, then that should serve us to focus our vision and our resolve. It should bring us to a place of reordering our priorities. And that's what's happening as we return back to the Lord, as we return back to his call, is that it will release the call of mission on our lives, a reordering of our priorities that Josh talked about recently, and a love and a focus on the city. That's what it should bring us to, is actually the things that maybe we were prioritizing, caring about, actually go down the list and we begin to focus on returning to God and his call on our lives. Our life story is caught up with other people. Why? Because it's a kingdom story. It's his story. And when it's his story, that it's always about the kingdom advancing. There's a a great analogy I heard recently at our national conference. And uh, it was around the game of chess. Uh, I've, I've been really thinking about chess recently because uh, there's been a resurgence because of the pandemic of people getting into it. And uh, of course, Netflix's um, series, The Queen's Gambit, which has uh, been huge in terms of popularity. People are really getting into chess once again and it's become popular. And there's this analogy, this idea that actually, and I, as I play chess, I always think about the queen being the main uh, chess piece. And it's almost like as, as the queen has been taken, removed off the board, that's actually uh, an analogy of what's happened in this pandemic with the church. That actually what we saw was the main thing has been taken off the board. Some of the, the structures and the things that we love and we can't wait to do again, services and gathering and all those things that I, I'm desperate to, to get back to normality in that sense. It's just going to be amazing. And we're going to just be thankful once again for coming together. And I think God will have dealt with a lot of our consumerism in terms of um, picking and choosing and what we love and what we like. But actually, it's all about him. It's all about worship. It's all about encountering the presence. So it's all about fellowship and sharing communion and seeing God turn up and being equipped and trained to go and reach our city once again. And uh, it's just it's just amazing. But it's almost like as as all those things have been stripped away, is that um, we've we've recognized that other pieces have come to the fore. Is that other things that are actually really important in terms of focusing on mission. And we, as a church in this last year, have just been focusing on a few things. Here are a few things we can do really well. We want to look after our people. We we want to... really step up compassion in terms of serving the city. We want to do some stuff online. Just do a few things well to glorify Jesus and to extend the kingdom. 
And I think you as a church have really stepped up to that and have been just outstanding in your commitment. But uh, other pieces have come to the fore. But also, as that process happens, we realize actually the game of chess isn't about those pieces. It's not about the queen, but it's actually about the king. And this is our heart when we talk about returning to God. It's actually about coming back to the king, the king of all kings, the sovereign king, and to worship the king, returning to him. And as we return to him, the reality is we return to his call, which is all about the church, the local church impacting the city for Jesus. You know, the central theme here and impetus is around mission. As you, as you look through the book of Jonah, that's really what's coming to the fore, the mission and about how Jonah crosses boundaries. He'll do, you know, God will do whatever it takes in order to reach people. Boundaries have to be crossed in order to bring the gospel to people. God picks Jonah and he crosses all sorts of boundaries in order to bring God's heart for the city. And I think what's truly startling here is to Jonah's shock, the people neither laughed nor laid hands on him, but actually the entire city responded. And I think one of the fears of the church when it comes to sharing our faith, when it, one of the fears when it comes to stepping forth with the gospel and, and, uh, and a message of repentance is that, oh, you know, people are going to turn on us. People will reject us. It's like one of the greatest fears of any kind of evangelism. But what we see here is under God's grace and sovereignty and timing, you see a whole city that returns in terms of repentance and God relents. And so often there's a fear in our hearts, but one of the things we need to do and, and to kind of help us in this is to always look for persons of peace. Look for what God is doing in terms of the kingdom advancing in the city, one person at a time. On, on your street, with your neighbors, in your places of work, wherever that is. And one person at a time, God, what are you doing? God, give us eyes to see. And as we return to God, he's giving us, um, as it were, salve and ointment upon our eyes to see the loss once again, to see um, those who he's on, those who he's reaching. And we just get to kind of go get partner with God on the journey of that. And so we need to recon recognize persons of peace that there are opportunities everywhere. And they may look a little bit different in the pandemic, but they're everywhere. Just take Alpha online. You know, never has it been any easier to invite people into uh, a course discovering faith in Jesus and into relationship. And we've seen many people come to faith in the last year on Alpha who said they would never step foot in a church, but they were able just to kind of, in their own house, in their room, just kind of log on for an hour and have had tremendous things happen. Tremendous things. You know, many people are able to recognize an opportunity after it's already passed them by, but seeing opportunities coming, that's a different matter. See, opportunities are seldom labeled. That's why you have to learn to see what they look like and how to seize them. And so I just want to give you a bunch of things to how to recognize persons of peace. What is, what is God doing in people's life, lives and how to recognize that? I'm just going to give you a bunch of things because not every section of society and subculture or individual is equally ready and open to the gospel. 
for every one person who's just not interested, I believe around them, there's many who are desperate. And in some contexts, we need to sow, and in other times, we need to reap. But part of our mission is to have God's perspective showing us where there is spiritual openness. Here's a few things. Presence evangelism. Uh, and whether that's with a group or an individual or you know, you're on a, a, a community like the, the Zoom that's been going out all across the media, um, whether it's like a town hall meeting and there's a, a community of you on, on a Zoom, you have an opportunity to model Jesus, to act like he'd act and speak how he would speak. And persons of peace become evident to you. They'll, they'll say, I really noticed you were really positive then when everyone else was negative. I really noticed that you were the only person in that Zoom meeting that did not complain. I really noticed like, wow, that was a, 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 some real wisdom there. Um, and thank you for giving that creative solution in that moment. And someone will get in contact with you. Uh, I've had this time and time again, just in the last few months, get in contact, say, I'd love to, can you talk to me about this and that? And recently I was just uh, doing a Q and A some, some, uh, in some schools. And, uh, you know, one of the teachers just heard what I was saying to the kids and wants to hear about my story about how I became a Christian. Just things like that. Also, passing relationships, it may be a stranger in a line. I know we're on mass and we're going to be two meters apart, but it may be a stranger or a petrol uh, station attendant, wherever. Or, you know, you nip to Greg's and uh, get a sausage roll and you should be able to just sow something, just share something, be different. Passing relationships, you're in a supermarket. Every supermarket I've been in lately, I just want to go around everyone and say, Jesus loves you. Jesus loves you. Let me just tell you right now, recognize the brevity and the shortness of life. Jesus loves you. Permanent relationships, which were all, always so hard, uh, we've got to see these as a marathon, not a sprint, particularly with those we have emotional connection with, like our families. But what an opportunity when people, there's a universal struggle right now people in our family who've never been open to the gospel just to be able to share with them, to send them like a link of one of our talks. Something will be helpful to them. Something that's really low risk. I did a talk recently uh, about emotional health. You know, I sent that into schools. You can't get any more low risk for the gospel. Just send that to people who've been closed off to the gospel who are members of your family. Preparation, sometimes, you know, it's about, uh, we, we just got to plant seeds because someone later on will, will reap, as it were, that harvest. Maybe as you say something, there's, been a, there's someone at your work who's been sharing the Lord with that person for years and suddenly you come along and they're just ripe, ready to give their lives to Jesus. There's power, there's an opportunity to pray for people, to see uh, the sick get well, to see the prophetic break out, to see miracles. We've got to lean into those things, which is why we've been doing these prophecy rooms Really encourage you to get involved with that. You know, we've got, to, we've got to be trained up. We've got to have confidence in the safety of where we're with Christians who love each other to be able to, to prophesy one another. That will give us uh, confidence to do this with people who don't know Jesus. And of course, then perception. Gauging where people are at. Is the temperature, as it were, cold or warm or hot? If it's really cold, just... Do what you've got to do, but move on and recognize that there are people right now desperate 
for Jesus. And we've just got to have ears to hear what God is doing. So I think many people assume that people are not ready to respond to the gospel. But as we see here, even when we preach a, a message of divine justice and of repentance, you see against all expectations, the powerful, violent city of Nineveh put on sackcloth, which is a mass sign of repentance. We see verse five, from the greatest to the least, top to the bottom on the social spectrum. And that's our heart, guys. We want to welcome everyone in our city and surrounding areas home to God. Everyone, different ethnicities, race, economic backgrounds, the young, the old, everyone. We want to say you are so welcome. Our heart is for all people in our city and our church should reflect the diversity of our city. And so the question for us is how inclusive is our heart? We've got to make sure that we, we want to reach people who are different to us. It's so, so important. We don't want to reach people like us, but are very, very different to us and, and allow the Lord to open our hearts of welcome. You know, historians have pointed out that the, by the time of Jonah's mission, Assyria had experienced a series of famines and revolts and plagues. And they've argue, some have argued that was God's way of preparing ground for Jonah for this message. And I believe like this, and this is why this, this book of Jonah is so important for us in this time in our context, is that this was um, fertile ground for the gospel. I believe the ground of crisis and a pandemic is fertile soil for the advancement of the gospel. And so this is why uh, I, we wrote about it in our, Jenny and I, in our Christmas newsletter to the church uh, about our commitment like William Booth and the Salvation Army to soup, soap and salvation is that we believe social justice and evangelism go hand in hand. It's both and not either or. Actually, the only answer we have right now is Jesus. That's the only answer I've got is Jesus. He's the reason for what we, why we do. You know, we say, why do you give this food? Why, why are you doing this? Why are you doing that? Why are you helping us do this? It's Jesus. Let me tell you about Jesus. He's changed my life. Let me tell you the story of God and my story, how that fits into that and how this could be your story. It's both and. We serve the city with kindness and compassion, social justice, but it must be backed up with evangelism and the reason why we do this and seeing the power of the kingdom. There's lots of people in our city doing wonderful things. But we with the spirit of God in and upon us change lives with that anointing of the Holy Spirit. We bring that aroma of Christ that is upon us. Here in Jonah, we have a foreshadowing of the New Testament church. It's to go out from the center into the world, not the Old Testament paradigm of calling non-believers in. And this is why we're all about reaching people and going out and obeying the Great Commission to go. And so I want to encourage you to, right where you are, to open your eyes to the city one by one. One by one. To get involved with Alpha to, to, to love our city once again, to rewrite the script of our city. We, you know, we don't have a pure kind of a, a city on a hill, puritanical stance where we're trying to make every social change, but we believe we make a difference one person at a time. That I'm part of the solution, I'm not the solution. 
our job isn't to control, uh, to take control of the domains I go into, but to simply serve. And that's what brings kingdom influence. Where we lay our lives down for the city, we partner with the city, we wash the feet of the city, and we carry kingdom culture into the city. You know, I love the global challenge to be a world changer, but it's amazing how many things are really happening on your street, in your workplace, on Zoom. Marriages are coming apart. There is addiction, loneliness, poverty, brokenness where you are. And we want to validate exactly where you are in terms of the amazing work you're doing at your work, with your family, in your geographical location around Hull and beyond. That's what counts for the kingdom. And so how we manage our private lives, how we treat our spouses, how we carry ourselves on the computer, how we manage our time, how we spend our finances. This is all kingdom stuff. It's holy stuff. There's no separation from the sacred and the secular. This is about a life of consecration and worship to God. And as we return back to God, he will release us into the city like never before. And so do we love people enough to speak to them about God in their own language? Do we want to reach those who are different to us? I want to encourage you just to engage in culture. Maybe to speak to someone who you normally wouldn't, whether that's just through a random chance encounter or through Zoom or whatever. It's to start prayer walking. We could all prayer walk on exercise in this and just see new areas. One of the things that we're going to be doing and launching in the next month or two is for those who are interested in multi-site, for those who are interested in planting churches and satellites and communities in city and and, and the surrounding areas, for those who want to pray into that and say, Lord, what are you doing with us? We we want to go on that journey. As we prayer walk, as I say, Lord God, you're breaking my heart for that area, for that people group. This is what God is releasing us into. And uh, we're marked for this in this season, in this time. So I really pray that you've captured some of God's heart for the city. And I pray that even this week, we will turn our gaze and turn our affection on this great city of Hull and beyond and allow God to break our hearts for this city with compassion so that we can uh, be a witness to him and preach the gospel in our time. Thank you so much for listening. God bless. Thank you for listening to the Whole Vineyard Podcast. We would love to connect with you and welcome you home to church. To find out more, go to wholevineyard.co.uk forward slash connect. And stay up to date with all that is going on in the life of our church. Go to wholevineyard.co.uk forward slash church news and sign up for our weekly mailing. Thanks for listening. We hope to see you soon. Thank you.